Uncle Gutenberg was a bookworm, and he lived on Charing Cross. The memory of his volumes brings a smile. He would read me lots of stories when he wasn't on the source. Now I'd like to share the wisdom of my favorite bibliophile. This is Dodie Land. Conversations from the Madison Isthmus. Here is Gregory Humphrey. Well, hello there, and welcome to another podcast from the Madison Isthmus. It is great to have you along. Although today's podcast is a special edition based on the fact we are in a pandemic, and like everyone else, this studio is being off-limits to a lot of people. So the interviews that normally would have been held and turned into listening for you have been curtailed until a later date. However, I did want to come along and offer some ideas on how you might find uh, interest or two in a book that I have found absolutely riveting and wonderful. And I'd like to share a few titles with you because as we're all limiting our activities and self-isolating, as it were, the best thing to do, perhaps, is to read a book, and I have some to offer today. The first book I want to recommend and highly recommend is The Children's Blizzard by David Laskin. The book came out in 2004, and several years after it was published, I picked it up, read it, fell in love with it, fell in love with it so much that I went on Amazon, bought a number of copies, and for Christmas that year, people both in my family and among my friends received the book. Many people had immigrated from Europe to America and then settled and were farming in the area of the Great Plains. And a cataclysmic meteorological event will occur with devastating results. So on Friday morning, January 13th of 1888, some 500 people will lay dead on the drifted prairie. It had been mild, the children went back to school, farmers went out in their fields, and then hell breaks loose on the prairie. It is a remarkable story, a historical narrative, that once you read it, you won't forget it, and you too will pass the book along to others. What started as an unseasonably warm morning turned into pandemonium as a cloud of darkness and ice swept through Nebraska. Temperatures plummeted 18 degrees in three minutes. Ice and snow blew sideways, freezing eyelids and blinding people and animals alike. The storm lasted between 12 and 18 hours, temperatures sinking to 40 degrees below zero. In speed and severity, it was the most devastating storm Nebraska has ever seen. Did I not tell you the book would be spectacular? Read it, you will love it, and you'll thank me for it. A few years back, I started a series of books by Sam Eastland, the Inspector Pakala series. They are fantastic historical narratives, also built with drama and intrigue, and centering basically around the end of the life of Tsar Nicholas II, leading into the Second World War under the time of terror in the Soviet Union and Joseph Stalin. So Pakala is of Finnish extraction. He's a former investigator of the Tsar. He's imprisoned by the Bolsheviks, and he becomes an investigator for Joseph Stalin in 1929 in the Soviet Union. Like millions of others, Pakala has been sent to the gulags in Siberia, and as far as the rest of the world is concerned, he is as good as dead. But a reprieve comes when he is summoned by Stalin himself to investigate a crime. His mission? in the first book to uncover the men who really killed the Tsar and his family and to locate the Tsar's treasure. 
The reward for success will be his freedom and the chance to reunite with the woman he would have married if the revolution had not torn them apart. The price of failure, well, with any time we're talking about Joseph Stalin, we know what that would be, and that is death. The series of books builds on itself. There's great character development. There's great drama. There's a historical driving force that propels the pages to be turned, and then the book from book two to book three to book four and so on. They are simply a treasure. And if you're going to be inside the house being sort of insulated from the world during this pandemic, I cannot tell you how much you're going to really thrill to these books. They will escapism and escapism with great writing. Do yourself a favor. The Inspector Piccolo series is for you. The idea that the Tsar might have chosen someone possessed, at least in a mythological sense, of something more than just the natural abilities uh, of the detective turned out, once I got writing, to be a choice that I, I certainly haven't had cause to regret yet. If I could have one person at the dinner table for conversation, one living author, it would be Eric Larson. I am absolutely captivated not only by the topics that he chooses to explore and that he then writes about with such precision and with such skill, but he's just a plain interesting man. I mean, he has so many different areas that he just thinks about and ideas that he wants to put down on paper and then have those ideas and stories expressed to us through his books. One of the books that I found just absolutely perfect was Isaac Storm, and it begins in September 8th of 1900 along the seaside town of Galveston, Texas. And Evan Isaac Klein, the resident meteorologist for the U.S. Weather Service, has failed to grasp the true meaning of the strange deep sea swells and peculiar winds that greeted the city that morning. And then in a matter of hours, Galveston will find itself submerged in a monster hurricane that completely destroyed the town and killed over 6,000 people. Again, one of those meteorological events that needs to be told, to be understood, and Eric Larson does it with precision. Using Klein's own telegrams, his letters, and reports, the testimony of scores of survivors, and latest understanding about the science of hurricanes, Eric Larson has turned this book into a masterpiece, and you would love it if you picked it up and started to turn the pages. But then something really sinister happened. This was the moment that, that bad things happened throughout Galveston. As he's standing there at the door, looking out, the sea rises four feet in four seconds. This is not a wave, this is not the tide, this is the sea, the storm surge. It's coming in now in earnest. Sea rises four feet in four seconds. And when I first read this, I had this sort of epiphany. I was on the train to Washington. And I realized that at the moment when I read that, that my own three daughters, I have three daughters, I feel a certain, certain sympathy for Isaac as a, as a parent, that my own three daughters, each was under four feet tall. You think about what that meant throughout Galveston. Families were big then, five kids, eight kids. In many cases, the women had remained home and were alone with the kids because the husbands, you know, true to husbandly macho fashion, had said, ah, it's just the storm, I'm going to work, you know? And suddenly, the sea rises four feet in four seconds. If you're in a one-story house, that was the moment between life and death for some members of your family, possibly. Isaac's house, they were luckily able to climb to the next floor in, in a complete panic, but the water continued to rise. The water continued to rise until that storm surge exceeded 25 feet. 
The highest ground in Galveston at that time was 8.7 feet. You do the math. For some unknown period of time, all of Galveston, the city of Galveston, was under the sea during that storm. I would like to recommend another book and do so by reading something about that book, which I wrote in September of 2017. The wind was brisk off the lake today, and with summer winding down, the leaves are starting to not only turn color, but let loose and fly about. As I was reading, one of them, a tiny yellow honey locust leaf, fluttered down and landed between the inner pages of the book. What made it rather special is that the book in my hand at the time was American Canopy, Trees, Forests, and the Making of a Nation, the author Eric Ruckow. James had ordered that book for me that summer, and I had not heard of it before, and once I read the jacket cover, I wondered how such an idea for a book had passed by without anybody doing something about it. I can only say I was so impressed with the book and probably not able to put into words truly how much it conveyed to me feelings that just stirred up inside, but I just wanted to turn the pages more and more, faster and faster, and then pass the book along to someone else. What made this book pop out at first glance is that it is a history of America as told about trees. I am quite sure this type of book has not been attempted before. With research and the gift of beautiful writing, Rutkow has achieved a masterpiece. It is a most compelling and comprehensive read. Page after page, it is a joy to read about important people, places, events, and issues in a chronological history, but all through the lens of a tree. The fact that great towering forests were on this continent gave the British a strong desire to establish permanent settlements, so timber, which was badly needed in the homeland for all sorts of use, but especially shipbuilding, could be obtained. That was the starting point, 90-foot trees of immense diameter, and Rutko then builds the narrative. What attracts me so intensely, I wrote back in September of 2017 to this book, is the skill that Rutkow delivers with insightful and engaging stories involving several American presidents, including George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and his distant cousin Franklin. Readers will journey with the explorers Lewis and Clark and discover the roles played by a distinguished group of other prominent Americans, including Thomas Edison, Frederick Law Olmsted, Daniel Boone, Frederick Weyerhaeuser, Benjamin Franklin, Henry Ford, John Chapman, a.k.a. Johnny Appleseed, Henry David Thoreau, Gifford Pinchet, James Fenimore Cooper, and William Levitt, to name several. And that is just a sampling to pick your imagination. It is a book that is simply fantastic. I would like to conclude this podcast with another book that just simply has to be read to be totally understood and appreciated and then loved. It is called Woods Burner. The author is John Pipkin. It tells the story of a devastating fire set by no other than Henry David Thoreau. No matter what else I will read for many a year, the book Woods Burner will be held in very high regard. From the first paragraph to the last, it was nothing but a pure delight that made me think and marvel at the writing and plotting and then smile many times along the way as the pages were turned. In short, the novel revolves around a forest fire that Henry David Thoreau accidentally set in 1844. If you are like me, that alone was news, but then John Pipkin takes the reader on nothing short of a brilliant written journey that spans a day as we get to better know the inner moods and thinking of what we all will come to know as a thoughtful 
an insightful philosopher. Before there was a David Thoreau that we know about, there was a young man who sought to find out what he wanted from life. He knew he wished for far more than making pencils in the family factory, and the events that unfold in the mind of the author Pipkin will allow for the shape of Thoreau to emerge as the pages are turned. Every now and then I comment about plotting when reading a great book, but when it comes to Woodsburner, the intricate weaving of characters with each other in ways they do not even realize is nothing short of masterful. I leave you with that thought that Woodsburner might be the book that you will really truly find yourself gravitating towards and, again, having something to think about other than the pandemic that we are now enduring. Above all, I want you to be safe. I want you and your family and friends to hunker down. We're going to make this. We're going to make it as a country. We're going to make it as a human race. We will defeat the virus. We will rise above the virus. It will not be easy, but we will do it. Stay safe. And as always, thank you for listening to Doty Land coming from the Madison Isthmus. You can find out more about these books and authors on the Facebook page for Doty Land. Thank you and stay safe.